What up, what up? Welcome to the There's More podcast. This is your host, Hannah Nitz, every week talking about the more with God. Did you know that there's more? (laughs) For a long time, I didn't. I thought I had all there was. I went to church. I was in life group. I love Jesus. I was a Christian, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, But I just didn't know there was more for me, not more in serving and doing, but just in this relationship with God, like me and God in a room. I didn't know there was more. And it turns out there is. And that is what this podcast is all about and what I talk about all the time today. I'm passing the mic over to Noelle Beck. You've heard her teaching many a time before, uh, my mentor for 20 years, and just overall amazing person. Um, Noelle is pretty much who I've learned everything from. <laughs> I mean, I have a, a small, you know, group, a small powwow, a small tribe of peeps who um, are just ahead of me in their love of God. And I can look at and learn from and be encouraged by and be like, wow, this more that I've been experiencing the last two years, you've been doing this for 10 years with God. You've been doing this for 20 years with God. How cool is that? So that is Noel for me. And I mean, I could write a book called Things Noel Has Taught Me. Uh, where I would just steal all the ideas that she has given me. (laughs) The beauty of discipleship. Um, And one of those is on prayer. Prayer is a a big one. I had a lot of learning and growing to do in my relationship with God and experiencing the more when it came to prayer. I still do have a lot, you know, more to go and more to learn, but it was like, well, I, I guess I could say it this way. My friend Janet sent me a message the other day and said in experiencing this more with God how has your relationship with prayer changed or do you feel like you're still kind of stuck in religious prayer and when she said it that way and asked that question I was like dang I was stuck in religious prayer for a long time not that it wasn't sincere but it was like I kind of said a similar thing every time I went to pray do you know what I mean And again, not that that's not genuine, but like you get stuck in this rhythm of like, God, thank you for this food. Thank you for my family. Keep us safe. Um, Be with our leaders. Help us to honor you. You know, may this food nourish our bodies. Like you just, there's these same phrases that you use. And I never thought of that as as religious prayer. Um, So what Noelle Beck is going to talk about today is essentially relational prayer. What does this look like to start to grasp the idea of what prayer is and what we're invited into? Now, this could be an entire book, and instead it's a 30-minute podcast episode. So this is just scratching the surface on this, but um, my hope is that you will have some good takeaway points like I do every time I hang out with Noel. Some things that are practical, some things that are encouraging, some things that are just making you think and really making you go back to God and say, God, how can I grow with you? How can I experience the more with you in prayer? So buckle up, get your prayer shoes on. Here we go, people.
Hello, friends. Thanks, Hannah, for letting me come back on the show and chat about the things that there is more of. And today's topic just I'm so excited about because I absolutely love prayer. And one, I need to say this right away, I didn't always love prayer. Prayer has been something that, one, I didn't used to feel like I was very good at. Two, I didn't feel like I understood it very well. And three, I kind of just put it in the camp for little old ladies who have time and you think of them as prayer warriors. And I can honestly say over the last probably 10 years, I have grown in it. I have grown to love it. I've seen the power in it. And I understand that it is no longer for little old ladies who have time to pray and we call them prayer warriors. So, um, also I'm still trying to get the phrase prayer ninja to catch on because it just sounds cooler. And so I pride myself in being a prayer ninja. So, uh, let's talk about prayer. I love prayer because... God literally, the creator of the universe who spoke things into being, gives us full access to himself through prayer. This is amazing and astounding. If you think of any public or or famous figure, there's no way to get to them, right? There's security and you have to have... A, uh, some in or backstage pass and even then there's like this distance and so to think about the fact that the creator of the universe wanting relationship with us and literally just giving us full access to himself at all times is absolutely mind-blowing so why does he give us this access well the number one reason god gives us full access to himself is ultimately for that reason, for access to himself. In other words, for relationship. The number one reason that God has given us prayer is for relationship and interaction and communication with him. Unfortunately, a lot of times our minds immediately go to when we think of prayer of like asking for things and, and how do I ask for things and and we think about it in regards to how do we ask God for something for him to do what we are hoping happens. Even if it's within our desire that he does what he wants to do with it. There's so often a connotation of prayer is about asking for things. And that is a part of it. And we're for sure going to talk about that in a second. But the number one reason that God gives us prayer is for interaction and relationship with him hands down over and over that is why he does it and so just like any other relationship that we have with somebody here on earth if the entire relationship was based on asking for things that relationship would end real fast even whether you were asking somebody else or somebody else was always asking you that's not a relationship that's a genie right and so really what we want and what God wants is for prayer to allow us to interact with him and to build relationship with him and to communicate with him. And that is the number one reason that God gives us prayer. He genuinely wants relationship and interaction with him. One of my all-time favorite verses on prayer is Luke 5, 15 and 16. And so this is about Jesus and it says, 
But now, even more, the report about him, being Jesus, went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Okay, so picture this. Jesus is hanging out. Crowds of people are gathering to hear him and to be healed. And he's doing all of these things. And then in verse 16, it says this. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And I love this verse. And it probably has been one of the most challenging verses to me. Because Jesus, who's literally healing people, who's doing such amazing things, says, hey, time out. I need to go be with the Father. This is huge. And it probably was one of the most challenging verses for me because... The temptation in my own life, especially as a one on the Enneagram, a perfectionist, a doer, a type A personality, you put all those in a package, that's me. I like to do things. And to see one of the greatest things that we can do is to step away and to go be with the Father. This is what Jesus is literally doing. Years ago, when I first came across this verse, I was challenged with it because uh, at the time, I was the executive director of First Glance, which is an outreach ministry in the Kenmore area of Akron. And I, again, am this doer, and I was trying to reach the community and do all these wonderful things and wonderful things for teenagers. And really, God just challenged and convicted my own heart in recognizing that I was doing a lot and doing even good things and good things for the kingdom. And yet, what was going to be more effective was for me to actually pray and to actually be connected to the Father. And some of that's John 15 uh, says to stay connected to the vine. John 15, 5 actually says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And between recognizing that I, that John 15, 5 was true, that apart from God, I couldn't be effective even in my ministry and all the good things I was doing quote unquote, for the kingdom. And so that was one challenging verse. The other challenging verse is the one that I just read, that Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So Jesus is literally praying for healing. We know in other parts of scripture, he's raising people from the dead. And he still takes a moment to go be with the Father. And so when I read this, I recognized my own need to stop and to actually pray for my students and for my community, recognizing that it actually would be more effective for the ministry and for my students to stop working and to go be with the Father and to pray. And it was at that point that we actually uh, created a prayer room at first glance and hung our students' pictures uh, up and their names. And we would pray for these students by name and we still do 10 years later um, pray for these students by name recognizing that God can do more than I can do sitting in my office so it's when we started those prayer rooms that I became really passionate about prayer and honestly the thing that came out of that time was not just spiritual transformation in our students although that did happen a lot of what happened was my intimacy and my interaction with God grew exponentially when I took time away from all the rest of life and just engaged in relationship with God. 
it was huge and transformative. And so since then, I've created a prayer room in my house. um, And that's just been really effective for me to go to the same place that's set apart, that the only thing I do in that room is engage God. And so I want to talk about prayer today because it has drastically changed my relationship with God in my life. And I am just so passionate that everybody experienced this as well. And so ultimately, God has created prayer for us to interact with him in relationship. That really is the main reason. Over and over, that is the main reason. So the second part of prayer, though, is that God does invite us into a relationship with him in order that we can go to him with requests. Just as children go to their parents and desire things or need things and the parents have a desire to give that to their children same as our heavenly father desires to give it to his children and so as much as prayer often is talked about the most in regards to asking for things and we're going to spend a good chunk at this point on talking about kind of the layers of asking for things i just still want to reiterate one more time it really is the most important reason that god has given us prayer is to have communication interaction, and intimacy with him. That is the number one reason. Asking for things is the number two. And that comes out of relationship. We know this. Any relationship, there are points where we ask for things or we need things. And that's good. That's okay. That's a good relationship. I also know that at times, for me at least, prayer felt more like a Hail Mary football pass. This is where you're really far away from the end zone, but you just chuck the football in the air in hopes that somebody in the end zone will catch it who is on your team. And if they do catch it, it's not necessarily because of this great athletic ability or pass. It really is just kind of like, ah, we threw it up there and hoped it would stick. And I know that sometimes we have done that. I have done that at least in regards to prayer. Like, I'm going to throw this in the air. I'm hoping it sticks. And even if this prayer comes back in the affirmative, like I've gotten the answer that I wanted, a lot of times even then I don't necessarily attribute it to God. It's kind of like, well, maybe that was God. Maybe that was coincidence. Who knows? And I just want to remind you, like, this isn't, a Hail Mary. This is an intimate relationship that we have with the Father and we have the opportunity to go to him and to ask for things. And because he loves us and because we love him and we want relationship with him, then we, we, we work and live and function together. And so I wanted to just point us to um, John 14, 13, where as Jesus is getting ready to, to depart He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. And it's such a great encouragement as Jesus is kind of preparing his disciples. He's about to leave and he says, hey, you can ask things in my name. Ultimately, it's through Jesus. It's through him that we have the authority and we have the ability to go to God. And that's ultimately because Jesus is our bridge to God. So through him, but it's for the glorification of the Father. The reason that we can go to God and that we can ask for things is it's for God to be glorified. And it doesn't mean that all prayers need to just be 
only about spiritual things. It can be about other uh, it can be about other things as well. But when you're in relationship, those requests, those desires, those conversations will tend to make sense because you're in that intimate relationship. Um, I use the example sometimes of I'm married to Tim. And if I went to Tim tomorrow and said, hey, Tim, let's move to Hawaii. It would feel odd and disjointed because Tim and I have been married for 20 years. We've built our life and our ministry and a lot of things in Akron. And again, is it outside the realm of possibilities that we would move to Hawaii? No, I mean, it. it we could, but... It's not the way that we've aligned our marriage and our life together. So it would feel really kind of out of left field. And that's where the first part of why we have prayer is so important. It's because we were in relationship with God. And so it's not bad. It's not selfish to ask God for things, to ask God for good gifts, but to also understand like we are in unification with him. And ultimately, all things should point to the glorification of the Father. God is not a genie. He is not somebody that we just ask for our wishes and, and, and he should. There's some, sometimes a, a temptation in our, in our mind and spirit that God should do something for me or we deserve it. We don't actually deserve it. But God in his goodness and graciousness, he allows us to be in relationship with him and then he gives us good things. So it's awesome. Anyways, so the other verses I want to kind of point us to is I love Acts 12, 5, and seven, ultimately. Um, And the reason I point us to them is because here's what happens. Jesus ascends back into heaven. And then I want to look at what what do all the followers then do? Well, the followers still are praying and going. They saw Jesus do this. They saw Jesus go to the Father and to pray. So what do they do? They say, hey, we got to pray. And so I love... Acts 12, 5, because it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Right? So Peter's in prison. And what does the church do? Hey, we just got to pray him out. And in verse 7, you see this happen. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. This is with Peter. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up and said, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. So if you read that whole story, it's really amazing. Here's these people. They were just with Jesus. What is their response? We're going to pray. And because they've been praying, they see something happen. Prayer actually does change things. And it's amazing. And we have access to that. I love James 5, 17 and 18. Um, It says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. Now, I like the NIV version because it actually says Elijah was a man just like us. Okay, so Elijah's a man. I'm human also, right? And he prayed fervently that it might not rain for three years and six months, and it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And so it says in James Hey, Elijah was a man just like us. He prays for it to not rain, and then it rain, and then he prays for it to rain, and it rains. We have the ability through prayer to see things happen. Again, it's not out of um, 
our ability and our might and our will. It's because God has given us through Jesus the ability to ask for things. It's through uh, the Holy Spirit that he has given us the ability to be part of supernatural things. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 literally says, pray without ceasing. John 8, or not John, Luke 18.1 is actually about the persistent widow, which is a great story in and of itself. Uh, so if you have time, read Luke 18.1 through 8. But I love the first opening verse. This is Jesus talking. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and do not lose heart. Jesus instructs this. Hey, pray. Understand that you have the ability to come to the Father and to ask for things. Jesus actually instructs so many times throughout the Gospels. Pray and how to pray. There is an importance in prayer. And I know the question, which we can't cover today in this podcast, but the question is, well, isn't God going to do it even if I don't pray? I, that's a trick. That That's a tricky question because I, there is such indication over and over that we pray and God does things. Why did the believers, right after Jesus ascends into heaven, what is their first thing they do? They pray fervently. If you look through Acts over and over, it says they prayed earnestly. They prayed without ceasing. They prayed devoted. Um, and so you see this, their natural response is we can change things through prayer. And so we don't have the ability to go through all the theology of that at the moment, but there, there is the truth, and we see it in Scripture, that we can go, we can ask for things, and we can see things changed because of our prayer. And I ask myself this all the time, like, man, why don't I function more, right? Like, prayer actually changes things because I've actually seen this happen. I talked about the prayer room at the beginning or a little while ago, and, um, and we saw transformation here's the truth we created the prayer rooms we prayed for the students by name at one point um a couple years in i i really felt i was at church one day and i really i really felt like i really think we should pray in the prayer room 24 hours a day for a week straight for the spiritual transformation of our community and our students and i remember somebody close to me right away saying I don't think anything will change and it was discouraging right why not and and it didn't matter why they thought this they just didn't believe that prayer could change things and we went through with it anyways I don't care about that right I knew like we needed to do this I believe prayer changed things so we got people to come into this room and to pray for our students for our community for the students by name for a week straight 24 hours a day you know, two in the morning, five in the morning, every hour covered in prayer. And guess what? We saw spiritual transformation. Things happen when we pray. That's the reality of it. Um, there was another time that I was going to a church. I had a opportunity to go um, talk about my ministry a little bit. And so I was at this church that I'm not normally that. And I ran into a woman that was kind of a friend of a friend. I knew her. I didn't know her well. And as she and I are chatting, um, she talks a little bit about some of these ailments and physical problems that she was having. And um, 
in it, I remember as we kind of walked away and I was walking into the sanctuary, I sensed essentially like this impression in my heart, in my being, pray for her healing. Now, you have to understand something. I don't come from a background of praying for healing. Um, I'm now in a church that doesn't necessarily practice praying for healing. And so what do I do? I send a text to my two friends that I know who pray for healing. And I essentially say like, I kind of feel like God wants me to do this. How do I pray for healing? And my one friend sends me a text back. It's like, there's not a magic formula. Like, what Like, what do you mean, how do you pray for your healing? You just ask God to heal her. <laughs> Why are you making this complicated? So, of course, in my um, angst, because this is what we do with God, right? We, uh, we negotiate. So, at this point, she's far away. This is a big sanctuary. She's completely on the other end. Uh, I'm kind of in the back because I'm going to have to leave early. And... I, of course, negotiate with God and I ask God, like, God, if this is really what you want me to do, then you need to bring her back to me. Because I wasn't going to go track her down in the hall. That was going to be awkward. So I, um, so, uh, it's the last song and I have my eyes closed. And when I open my eyes, she is sitting beside me. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, geez. So, of course, this creates uh, negotiation number two. Because negotiation number one, I mean, it came through. But now, okay, God, but are you for real, for real, right? Um, and so I essentially ask God and I say, okay, if if this is the case, again, I'm in a I'm in a church that doesn't necessarily practice healing. I don't know what I'm doing. So if I bring it up, God, can you at least let her be open to it, right? Like if you really want me to do this, then she's got to be open to it. And so I tell her with all my caveats, I've never prayed for healing. I don't know what I'm doing. I sense that I'm supposed to pray for your healing. So here we go. And she actually just started crying and just said like, please, I'm desperate. I'm in a lot of pain. And so I prayed for her. Uh, in that moment and nothing happened and but because it was so heavy on me there was this situation where we were going to see each other a couple weeks later um, and I just said hey if we're going to see each other in a couple weeks I gotta pray again and so uh, as we were getting closer I say this and so she agrees to it and so we meet and again I pray for her and nothing happens and I just think, okay, well, I was, you know, I was obedient. And about maybe two months later, three months later, I get a text from her that says, hey, actually, I was healed the day that you prayed for me and I felt it, but I was so afraid it was going to go away. I didn't want to say anything, but it's been three months now and, and I'm still healed and I'm able to carry my kids around like I wasn't able to and use my arm and my hip and all these things. And so she tells how her life has actually changed and that this healing had happened. And I tell you this because it was such a powerful moment uh, for a couple reasons. One, she felt love. She was more excited just the way that God had interacted and caused this to happen, even more than the healing. She just felt so loved by God. And I was so encouraged that prayer changes things, that, that prayer matters. And... I um I haven't been able to shake the thought like what would have happened had I not been obedient and prayed 
would she would she have gone through with the other surgeries would would she still be healed at this point would she still be in pain would she have ever been able to pick up her kids again like all these things and not that we need to carry the weight of that but that was the reality like god allows us to be part of things and to pray for things that actually cause things to happen which is so exciting i also love uh, Romans 8, 26 and 27, which it, it talks about how the Holy Spirit can intercede for us. I mean, the reality even in that story is I didn't know how to pray for healing. I didn't, again, not that it was a magic formula, but it's so comforting to know that the Holy Spirit in us and through us intercedes on our behalf. And that's exactly what Romans 8, 26 and 27 says. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Awesome. We have the Holy Spirit who kind of fills in the gaps. When we don't know how to pray, when we don't know what to pray, when we're in a hard situation, when we're like, I don't even know. Man, there's such a cool opportunity to see that the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf, which really just takes some of the pressure off, honestly. <laughs> so the next thing I want to talk about is just some practical tips in regards to prayer, some things that maybe you haven't thought about or uh, things that I've learned over the years that have like really helped me in, in praying. And so I figured I would just pass them on to you. I want to start this part of the conversation by pointing us to Luke 18, 40 and 41. So it says... And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. There's about three tips that I have within this uh, scripture that I kind of want to point us to. One is to be specific. Essentially, as Jesus is interacting with this person, he says, hey, what do you want me to do for you? And at times, there's a couple things that I've done in the past that I'm trying to kind of move out of. And that is I'm real vague and I tell lots of parts of what's going on. And none of, none of those are bad. God wants to know our heart. And, and I, I'm not saying don't talk to God about all the parts, but... At times when we are desiring something or desiring an outcome, it's easier to talk about all the problems with it or all the things that are bad with it or we get stuck in all the kind of details. And really what Jesus does here is he gets right to the point. What do you want me to do for you? And sometimes when I pray, I try and kind of ask myself that question. What exactly do I want God to do for me in this situation? So it's uh, about asking for specifics and to not pray all the details. Okay, so those are kind of two of the tips. The third one is to not use the word pray when you're actually praying. Okay, because prayer is that is what we are doing, but it what are we actually wanting God to do? Are we asking Him for something? Are we thanking Him for something? So if I just say, God, I pray for Sarah. Well, what does that mean? What do I actually want God to do for Sarah? 
And am I asking for something? Am I thanking him for Sarah? So what is the action that we want to happen within that prayer? And the word pray is the action of what we're doing in interacting with God, but it's not a specific request. And so uh, that's just a simple tip, but to not, and it's actually a hard one because I recognize how often I still use the word pray. God, we pray for fill in the blank. But really, if you want to function more in the specifics, you would fill in that word with probably ask or something along those lines. So don't use the word pray. Don't pray the details. Ask for specifics. Another one that is um, actually one of my largest pet peeves is don't pray a sermon. I accuse probably pastors of this more than anything. Um, There is no context where it makes sense that I would be communicating to a person. Let's say I'm communicating to Hannah. But I am looking at my other friend, Laura, and saying all the words to Laura, but I want Hannah to hear it. We would call that uh, passive aggressive. We might call that immature. (laughs) There's a lot of words we would put in that. And yet somehow we have made it an an okay thing to do. I want to communicate a message to somebody listening to me, but I'm going to pretend I'm talking to God about it. It's the most annoying thing to me. Uh, We are engaging God. So let's pray as though we're engaging God. Now, let me be really clear. Um, There are times that I teach or I talk and I am genuinely praying to God that the things that we've talked about, people will grow in. Uh, I'm not against praying about the things that we've talked about. What I am against is when the pastor seems to have run out of time for his fourth point and therefore prays a whole point as a sermon to his congregation. Drives me crazy. I've heard of people doing this uh, with their kids, like to get them to behave. They pray to God and 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 talk about that behavior. Uh, again, there's a, there's a time where it's good, like, well, hey, we are genuinely praying uh, that my kids um, grow in their faith and in their knowledge of Jesus. There are other times that it's passive aggressive and God, I'm asking that, you know, this kid eats his peace, right? And so I try and really examine my heart, even as I pray in front of people, it, is this what I would pray if nobody was standing here? Um, and I try really hard to do it in that way because I don't want to pray for somebody um, that they would hear it. I don't want to pray because I have an audience. And this is why I think prayer is awkward, which really is also annoying to me because (laughs) as I've talked about, I'm so passionate about it. We get to talk to the creator of the universe and we get to see things happen because we talked to him and asked him for things. And yet for some reason, when we get with a group of Christians, one, it's like pulling teeth to get somebody to pray. Two, if you do like a prayer session, there's a whole lot of awkward silence. And three, we spend so much time thinking about what other people are going to think I'm saying when I'm praying that it takes away some of the... Um, Yeah, just the natural feel and the reality of, hey, we're getting to talk to the creator of the universe. So I love prayer. I love prayer gatherings. I hate that they always have to feel awkward. We are praying to the creator of the universe and we get to. And it's so exciting. So another one of my tips is actually to pray out loud 
always, even if it's real quiet under your breath, sometimes I've just recognized, like, did I think about that or did I actually pray for that? And again, if you go back to, I'm going to ask for something specific, it is helpful. So I, but I've really um, found that it has helped me that I pray out loud, even if it's real quiet under my breath. If you ever are in a group with me, you may see me actually do this. Um, Just because I feel like there's something about it being actually said out loud and it feels less like, did I just think about it or did I pray about it? Another part of that is figure out ways to remind yourself to pray if that's helpful to you. Uh, At one point I recognized like, I feel like I pray for Tim all the time. And then I was like, do I pray for Tim or do I think about Tim? And then as I started to actually doc, you know, pay attention and document it, um, I didn't actually pray for Tim very much at all. (laughs) I thought about Tim a lot, um, but didn't actually specifically pray for him. And so I've used an app before. Uh, Either you can use a reminder app or you can use an app. I use, um, it's called Day One and it's a journaling app. But I use, uh, I just have a section where I do pray for people and I, it's helpful for me to, to actually physically write it down and I'm able to go back and see if God has answered that. I don't do that all the time for prayer, but I do that often for prayer and it's been really helpful for me. One, it makes it more concrete. I did actually pray for this. Two, I did actually see a response from it. Some of it honestly is just figuring out things that work for you. And so I have found systems that help me pray and stay focused in prayer and a lot of that is just finding what works for you so my last encouragement to you all is you can grow in prayer Um, again as i said in the beginning we kind of see it as something that little old ladies do or prayer warriors do or somebody's more gifted in it but the truth is that god wants relationship with us so number one we have prayer in order to grow in relationship with him number two he does give us the ability to ask for things so keep functioning in both of those and recognize that over time you will look back and recognize that you too are a prayer ninja that god is answering your prayers that people are then coming to you i think that was the thing that surprised me the most is i had been wanting to be a prayer ninja Um, And then one day I recognized several people had been coming to me for prayer and somebody had even said kind of in passing, like, man, I just feel like um, because of your relationship with God, like God answers your prayers. And I was like, oh, wow, I am a prayer ninja and I just didn't realize it. And so it doesn't necessarily come in one foul swoop. It won't come in overnight. But if you continue to pray and to grow in your relationship with God and to grow in prayer, you will look back and say, oh man, I really am a prayer ninja. And that's fantastic. So anyways, I just want to encourage you all. God gives us access to himself through prayer. Don't miss out on that opportunity. It is such an amazing gift. The first time I really started to grasp some of this teaching from Noel, I was in... um, a boot camp class with her last year. So I was like maybe six months into this newer, deeper relationship with God. And I heard Noel teach through this stuff. And my whole drive home, I was like, do I actually pray as if it makes a difference? Um, my answer was no, I, I didn't. I haven't for the majority of my life. Like I viewed prayer as... This thing we get to do, um, 
But I suppose that I had always heard it that prayer was just a way to align my heart to God. Like in a way, (laughs) I understood that prayer, this sounds weird, buckle up, prayer was about me. Like it was about aligning my heart. It was about making sure that I, you know, I'm thinking about God. Um, and something about the, the way Noel talked about the relationship, like, no, 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 this is the relationship that we have with God, that we get to do this. And God invites us and asks us all throughout scripture to pray intentionally, not just like for me to like be aligned, but for this union with him and actually believing that it actually does something, you know? So I'm still learning on this. I feel like if I were to talk about some of different like spiritual rhythms, um, whether that's like worship or reading the Bible, prayer is a lower score for me. (laughs) Like prayer is an area that I still have a lot to grow in and I'm really excited about that. So I hope that's how you feel too after listening today that you're like, man, there's more, you know, like there's more to experience with God. There's more to experience in prayer. What a cool invitation. Um, as always, I would love to hear from you, friends. If you head to hannahnitz.com, click on say hello up at the top, or you can head over to Facebook. Just type in there's more podcast. You'll see my cute little light bulb logo pop up. You can follow along, send a message, send a song if you want. Send me anything. I love to hear from you. Uh, Friends, I want you to taste it. I want you to know it. I want you to experience it. Not just coming to know God, not just doing things and serving him, but just this deep knowing of him, this relationship with him that brings this Zoe, exciting, eternal life now here on earth. It's the best thing ever. And I want you to have it. Sweet friend, have you heard the news? There is more.